Girl on the River, the podcast, whole crew come forward to row. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Girl on the River Bite Sized. Although given the importance of the topic, I'm expecting to go well over the usual five minute limit. I'm still calling it Bite Sized because of the very special content. As some of you may remember, last week I invited you to submit questions for the Ask Me Anything edition, which comes out at the end of the month. One of the questions that came in from Thames Tradesman raised issues of such enormity, requiring so much thought and inspiring so much controversy, that I decided it merited its very own episode. The question was this, if you had to select an eight out of biscuits, what would they be and in what order? I mean, I know, we're straying into two of the hottest topics of the modern age, the nation's favourite biscuit, and the character of each seat in an eight. But I'm always up for a challenge, so I have dived into this subject with abandon. Now, crew selection ain't what it used to be. As a selector, you can't just make your selection without reference to anyone else's opinion. According to British Rowing, I am required to take into account not just subjective criteria such as compatibility, personal attributes and attitudes, crew balance and harmony, but I have to look at objective criteria as well. And not only that, but, and I quote, there is also a move away from a single chief coach-led selection model towards selection groups for each discipline or squad which means that I couldn't just make this decision on my own. And it's why I embarked on an extensive public consultation, also known as asking on Twitter. Now, I was actually happy to do this because I'm acutely aware that as someone who usually sits at the pointy end in an eight, uh, my usual seats are bow two and seven. I had actually very little idea of what goes on in the middle of the boat On the vanishingly rare occasions when I've sat there, I've kind of floundered around not knowing what to do with all the space. So I was happy to take the advice from my elders and betters. That said, an awful lot of the contributions were frankly pretty unhelpful. But I did have some useful advice from heavy hitter Sir Matthew Pinson, who was actually one of the very few people who really understood where I was coming from. And was also helpfully quick to rule out ridiculous suggestions such as the curly-whirly, which is self-evidently not a biscuit. Now, I should say I performed extensive testing and seat racing, so I am absolutely confident of my final cruise selection. And I would like to make it known at this point that there will be no appeals process and my decision is final. Before I announce the crew, in the interests of transparency, I'm going to run through a few ground rules. The first was that if I wouldn't enjoy eating them myself, they don't make the crew, which is a sentence I never wish to be taken out of context. I am officially permitted to take some subjective criteria into consideration and liking the biscuits is one of them. So this does mean that a number of biscuits will controversially remain on the bench, ones that you might have expected to make the crew. But, you know, my boat, my rules. So excluded from the crew on this basis is, and I know this is going to be controversial, the Jaffa cake. Irrespective of its status as a cake or a biscuit, it has actually very little going for it. 
stale sponge, hard orange jelly, and weird chocolate that cracks and crumbles when you bite into it. I mean, it's just wrong on every level. So it's not in the crew. And this same metric also means that I'm sorry, but there will be no hobnobs, chocolate or otherwise in the crew. In my opinion, they are greasy, gritty, oversweet, overrated. And despite their admitted strength in terms of heft and calorie count, they have not made the cut. Equally excluded is the Garibaldi. Now, quite apart from the fact that an Italian revolutionary could cause no end of trouble in the crew, upsetting the balance and subjecting everyone to his excitable Latin jibber-jabber, quite simply, there is no place for currants in a biscuit. It has been suggested that there are undiagnosed psychological issues behind my aversion to dried grapes of all sorts, but I think that's something for a separate episode. All biscuits that made the crew had to satisfy tests as to their strength and had to be able to withstand pressure and the heat of competition, which obviously was tested by dunking, without crumbling, flaking or melting unduly. This incidentally ruled out the rich tea biscuit, which collapsed in a gloopy mess within seconds and frankly wouldn't withstand the tiniest bit of backsplash. So without further ado, here is my final crew selection for the Great British Biscuit 8. First of all, the stroke seat. Now, the stroke person has to have certain characteristics. They must be strong, absolutely reliable, and they need to be popular without being a people pleaser. And for this reason, I have chosen the dark chocolate digestive, a queen amongst biscuits. I did actually consider the plain digestive quite seriously, and it was a, a very strong contender for the position, but I felt that the layer of chocolate provided a certain flair that I consider is required in the stroke seat. There's been some suggestion that the chocolate could be problematic in hot conditions, so I did test this by dunking it in tea. And as anyone who has ever dunked a chocolate digestive will tell you, it actually manages to make a virtue of the melted chocolate instead of being defeated by it. And I'm pleased to say that the dark chocolate digestive held together well during dunking, and I am quietly confident it won't crumble under pressure. Now, I'm quite sure some of you will be questioning the choice of dark chocolate over milk chocolate. And this is for two reasons. First of all, I don't want anyone in the stern pair to be too sweet. They have to have a little bit of darkness in their soul to shoulder the responsibility of the position. And secondly, I believe that Stroke shouldn't be too eager to please. Stroke marches to the beat of her own drum and she should be able to withstand a bit of criticism. So I am confident in my choice. Now on to seven. There has been a lot of competition for this seat from some extremely strong contenders. But my choice for this seat is the Dark Choco Leibniz. And apologies for the pronunciation if that's wrong. I don't speak German. What I liked about this biscuit is the weighty combina combination of biscuit combined with a mighty slab of chocolate. And I think it's a superb match for the dark chocolate digestive at stroke. And we all know that it's essential for stern pair to work well together. It stands up well to pressure. It passed the dunking test with flying colours. And it's reassuringly expensive and classy, which I think is just right for the seven seat. 
And again, I'm resisting calls for the milk chocolate version for the same reason as with the stroke seat. The seven seat has to be absolutely sure of who and what they are. And that's what you get with the less obvious dark chocolate version. The six seat calls for a candidate that is tall and strong, solid without being flashy, uncontroversial and plain speaking. And for that reason, I have chosen the shortbread finger, which possesses all of those characteristics. And I am quite confident will do a superb job in the position. The five seat was more problematic and gave me quite a lot of pause for thought. And I did a little bit of chopping and changing. But in the end, I took on board a rather brilliant suggestion from Matthew Pinsent and have chosen the plain flapjack. It has, in my opinion, the requisite characteristics of strength and high calorific value. And I think it's just quirky enough to reflect the fact that the person in the five seat is often just a little bit off the wall. Now, I did have a momentary wobble when I discovered that the shorter Oxford Dictionary defined it as a pancake rather than a biscuit, but clearly they have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, pancake, seriously. So I went with the Collins definition of the flapjack as a biscuit, and the shorter Oxford Dictionary has gone back to its usual place propping up my computer monitor. Now, it's important to say at this juncture that it can't be just any old flapjack. I don't want a flapjack with bits of apricot or sesame seeds or, God forbid, raisins in it. And equally, it mustn't be too greasy or, more importantly, prone to crumbling under pressure. So I'm insisting that this flapjack is made from my own recipe, which is adapted from a Cranks recipe and has been tried and tested over many, many years and refined until, frankly, it's quite perfect. Surprisingly, it has a touch of treacle in it, which goes in with the golden syrup and adds depth to its strength. And I am absolutely convinced it's going to be an invaluable addition to the crew. As to four, now I confess I've only sat at four once or twice in my life, and I have very little idea what four does other than lead bow four when you're warming up in fours. So I wanted to import a little bit of that mystery into my choice. And for that reason, I have chosen a biscuit that some of us probably haven't eaten in many years. I'm pretty sure the last one I had was in a school packed lunch. So my choice for the four seat is the club biscuit. And I have gone for the mint one. The club biscuit is, if you recall, chunky, solid, very traditional, and by definition, a team player. I will not hear any arguments in favour of the fruit club or the orange club. Both are just wrong in every respect. The mint club, on the other hand, gives it just that little bit of sharpness that I think is, is called for in the engine room. Now then, three. The three seat is one of the most underestimated positions in the boat. And I genuinely don't understand why it's treated as the numpty seat. From the vantage point of the bow, if three is going wrong, it is bad for everyone. So I think this seat needs to be treated with a bit more respect. So my choice for three is the chocolate finger, which is also often underestimated as a biscuit. Now, you're possibly thinking at this point that it's too small or thin or flimsy. But here's the thing. As soon as you actually have a chocolate finger, you remember quite how brilliant it is and invariably come back for more. 
Now, Bao Pear has given me no end of trouble and was actually responsible for a last minute rethink and reshuffle in the crew. My original choice for Bao Pear was the custard cream at two and the Bourbon cream at Bao. Like Stern Pear, it's absolutely essential, obviously, that the Bao Pear work well together. And they have to be sensitive and responsive as well as working together. So at first sight, the custard cream and the Bourbon cream, I felt provided all of that. And they obviously do come as a team with their matching double layers and cream filling. But all the way through, something just didn't feel quite right. And in the end, I concluded that what was wrong was they were just too much of a pair and just wouldn't mix seamlessly with the rest of the crew. So Given their double layers, I have decided that they would be much happier and more effective as a double, and so they will not be in the eight. At two, I have therefore chosen the malted milk, another greatly underrated biscuit. It's wholesome, it's not starry or attention-seeking, and the inclusion of malt gives it an unexpected bit of depth and character that I think are perfect for the two-seat. The occupant of the bow seat has to have a number of very important characteristics. It has to work well with two, that's absolutely essential, but it also has to bookend the boat with stroke. So it has to have a bit of fire and courage. It also has to be tough because as anyone who sat in bow will tell you, it gets buffeted by the wind and in the catastrophic event of a collision has to be strong enough to withstand the impact. So for that reason, I have chosen the trusty ginger nut for the bow seat. It's by far the hardest of all the biscuits in the crew. So it's absolutely perfect for the rigors of the bow seat. And I have to say, I like its coloring very much. I can relate. And its fieriness, ditto. And I think they give it a pleasing bit of oomph. And the more I think about it, the more I realize there really is no other choice for the bow seat. There was also a last minute substitution in the Cox's seat. Now, obviously, this seat has to be occupied by someone small, but it also requires a strong element of drive and confidence and sassiness. And so my final choice is the Ice Gem, which is a truly excellent and often underrated biscuit. It's tiny, it's vivacious, it's loud, it's just sweet enough, but it's crucially got that pointy sharp end that means no one will dare to mess with it. So in other words, it is the perfect cox. In making my selection, I have had to exclude some extremely worthy candidates that I will be very sorry to lose. And I do feel that there are some I should mention by name. First of all, the party ring. Everyone loves the party ring. It's colourful, it's loud, it's fun, it makes everyone smile, all of which are great characteristics and an asset to a crew. But I did feel that it would struggle to fall into line with the rest of the crew. And in the end, I decided it would be happier in a single where it can express the full force of its personality without disrupting the balance. An honourable mention should also go to the fig roll, which actually is one of my favourite biscuits, although not the one that's sealed at the ends. It has depth, it has heft, and it would have been a useful member of a crew, but in the end, it was just a little bit too quirky to make the cut. And finally, the mini Florentine, which just missed out on the Cox's seat. 
It has some incredibly strong things in its favour. It's exotic, it's flamboyant, it's absolutely delicious, even allowing for the occasional stray sultana creeping in. I picked them out. However, ultimately, I think that to be included in the biscuit eight, it must have an element of gluten. So sadly, it had to be excluded. To those three biscuits and to the bourbon cream and custard cream, I'll say this. As Jürgen Grobler said to Ed Cook, when he chose Tim Foster for the men's Coxes four, you should not go from here feeling as a loser. And I wish you all every success in whatever crew you end up in. And to the listeners, I say this. I have great confidence in this new Biscuit 8, and I believe it will be greater than the sum of its parts. I hope you will all join me in supporting each and every member of the crew going forward, We should now put an end to division and the language associated with it and unite to make a success of this crew. And instead of my usual final call of next stroke easy or, it's whole crew, hands on.